0: alrighty folks and welcome back to the all out of the rough golf podcast um this one's a little different we're coming from uh different locations and doing it over zoom um not not a very common thing we do but uh we wanted to make this uh post PGA championship podcast happen and uh this was the only way we could really make it happen. So uh it's just me and kid down to the bare minimum, down to the 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 necessities, if you will. And we're scraping
1: the bottom of the barrel. This is all we got.
0: Yeah. But we're making it happen. But
1: what what a tournament. What a, a what a, a major champion to make happen, man. We had to make this one happen. This one was historic
0: yeah i mean but dude just going into it like i feel like everyone kind of had good good feels going into it it seemed like the venue was going to be perfect for a major championship and dude i did it did it provide and it, it fucking it did it provided man I yeah thought QO, I-, I thought qo was awesome i i mean w- what everyone says like it, it you know it's not not a great course for the average player, but man, did it work well for the professionals in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a great tournament Thursday through, through Sunday. Um, generally I have things to say about how courses play during majors, but dude, I, I was delighted all week about
1: Kiwa and how it I think they set it up. Damn near perfect and never, you know, stifled people's ability to make movement on the boards, um, tons of opportunities to make birdies out there while at the same time, big numbers were creeping around the corner left and right. Um, the wind bucked its head just enough, um, where it was, a was a factor on each day at some point. Um, I, I think, you know, we talked about how excited we were for Kiwa. Um, and yeah, I think it completely delivered. This was the first year in a while where the PGA venue and the the play brought it because the last few years have been decent PGA's, but it's mostly because people were playing outstanding golf on relative venues. But this one was a great venue with great performances.
0: Yeah, it was, it was just an all around good tournament. Um, Just, yeah, it it, it lived up to my expectations for sure. I think it, it, I said that this was the first PGA championship in a long time that I've been stoked like going into it and want like excited about and it didn't let me down and i'm I'm really happy about that and we you know we couldn't have asked for a just the way it played out it played out perfect we couldn't have asked for i mean I'm sure people could say there would be better winners, but like all in all i think Man, like, it's it's really
1: hard it's it's hard to picture a better result, and I'm not even a huge fan of phil, but i mean it's it's pretty difficult to think of a more storybook finish to this major i mean like i mean let's just get into it this is the oldest major winner in history at the longest major venue course ever that that's that if that was just the headline for, for a the, guy the who week, is notoriously bad off the tee,
0: which is just any lead
1: he, and he strokes off the t for the week i mean it's he he was incredible and, and no one, no one was talking about Phil going into this week. Uh, th- there's just, there's no chance that anyone was. I, I mean, didn't why see any would any of you? those tweets going out where someone's like, they put five thousand, ten thousand, twenty five thousand dollars down and Phil to win it? Like nobody was doing that. Even going into, uh, into Sunday, I never even saw the, those sorts of like that tweets going out. I saw the ones for Brooks, <laughs> and those ones didn't cash in. But we had a spoil of riches, man. There were so many great storylines going into this this weekend and this week. I mean, we had Spieth going for the slam. We had Rory off of a a recent comeback win. We had Brooks going in to get three out of the last four PGAs. We had Louis, who was uh, finally going to get one more major. You know, who is just you know always a bridesmaid, never a bride kind of thing. He has his one major at the the old course, but just to me, this this PGA was set up to be a stunner, and it definitely was.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy about it, to be honest. Like uh, it, I want to say like over exceeded what I was expecting. Like it just was, it was so good. It was so good. Like, I don't, I've never had a PGA that I was that stoked about. So um, yeah. And it, and it played exactly how I thought it was going to play. Like going into it, like it wasn't like, exactly a link style course but the wind played a huge factor and like guys like i said like shane lowry and people fucking (laughs) they played well rick
1: who i said was gonna play well played well like i just It, it was it was a comeback week man it really was i mean we had Phil coming back out of the fucking depths of hell in terms of his play and, and and won it. We had Rick showing up on the leaderboard. We had Patrick Harrington, like, you know, show outperformed up.
0: outperformed his entire Ryder Cup team at the moment, like if you had to make one. Like yeah, him and La- captain, Lowry tied. The yeah.
1: captain outperformed his whole team, <laughs> which is
0: just crazy yeah. to think
1: about. Hit uh, Casey Harrington and Lowry tied for fourth. That were are the uh, the Europeans, Mm -hmm. but you know for the majority of Sunday, you know uh, Harrington was out out in front uh, with his squad. But yeah, I think it you know it really it was almost like a reverse Augusta kind of um, tempo to Sunday. Whereas Augusta's like they say like the Masters doesn't start until the back nine on Sunday. And the yeah. same is kind of true for uh, Kiowa, but it's not that people are going to start charging up the leaderboard. It's that people are going to start dropping down because the holes start getting harder and harder. Um, that last like five hole stretch of Kiowa is just fucking visceral. It, it's it's just an incredible watch where there's just there's bogeys creeping like you have to hit golf shots, and then 16 is like this perfect little par five that like people when it came downwind on Sunday, people were getting there in two, and there was eagle opportunities and there was just so much drama on on that closing stretch that I thought was just perfect for golf television it's it's just a shame that the broadcast just had a hard time you know showing any of it it, it, was, it was just brutal to watch the CBS broadcast yeah yeah I mean for sure ESPN, they just, ESPN killed it I I would say in terms oh, of they- showing golf in terms of showing golf ESPN did a great job and I, and I understand the limitations that a, a broadcast can have in terms of, you know, they they were, you know, they have to show these many commercials, but at the end of the day, that killed the product. And it just wasn't, you couldn't follow narratives. You, you didn't even get all the shots from the leaders. You, you, you're, you're, you had no flow whatsoever. And I don't want to spend too much time on the broadcast, but I thought in general, yeah, I don't
0: really want to talk about the broadcast really at all. Like everybody knows, like, it needs to be better. They've sold too many commercials. It all sucks. Like but as from what they're work I, I much preferred the ESPN over the CBS. Yeah, they had more opportunities to show more golf shots for sure. I especially I if you're wat- you were watching on ESPN Plus, like early in the morning, like it
1: was even it the was daytime early. ESPN stuff yeah. wasn't too bad either with commercials. I, I just I'm not I'm not completely enamored with the, the commentation from ESPN this time around. Like I'm the, I'm a huge fan of SVP, but I felt like that entire team was kind of fumbling over each other, talking over each other, doing bad audio, mixing in the wrong things from the wrong holes. It just didn't really seem to be that polished of a production. And that's what happens when you don't get a lot of reps with these sorts of things. I mean, that definitely has to play, play into it for sure.
0: But But I wouldn't. I I really wasn't too worried about the commentary because, especially early on in the week, like I'm doing other shit. Well, like it's like golf is on in the background, and I'm more paying attention to like the shots rather than listening to the commentary. And it's mostly on like. Sunday when you're really paying attention to the commentary in my yeah opinion. I mean the,
1: the most jarring part is when you're getting audio from like a different hole from a different player while you're watching somebody else yeah. and like it, it it throws you off and then you know yeah I mean the last bo- bow on it was that they showed tons of golf shots for having the broadcast on for so much of the day like kudos to them for be- pretty much having golf on whenever there's people on the course until they were off the course like that's a long-ass production You know workload and you know kudos to them for pushing through it and you know i'm definitely appreciative of that i just wish we got more golf on the network side of things and even when they had broadcast time and it wasn't commercials they really weren't showing that much golf they were really trying to focus on just like really elongating the 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 leader group narrative but at a certain point you got to be able to see other shots because there was lots of people in the mix coming down the stretch as much as it felt like phil and brooks were a two-horse race louie streelman can't lay there was people sneaking up on the back door of this thing like that could have kind of shook it up and there was just no whiff of that during the broadcast and they luckily didn't have to cover it because it ended up just being phil holding people off but i mean but can we go into that
0: that front nine with with brooks and phil i mean starting right off a of number one fucking phil starts with the bogey and Brooks just comes out with an easy fucking birdie, and, and 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 like this obviously hasn't been said on the pod, but like we kind we have a group message going on with our fantasy football team, and I came out and said that Brooks' is final round on Sunday sucked, and a lot of it goes into how he started off. Right, he started off with a two shot swing, he came out birdie, Phil bogeyed. And it was off to the races and you're like, okay, Brooks has played good all week. You're expecting him to like, I was rooting for Phil, but at the same time, like Brooks, it, he's in my wolf pack. It's a major championship. Like I would be lying if I said coming into Sunday that I thought Phil was going to win. I thought Brooks was going to come from behind and was just going to run. I mean, that's where the Phil. betting
1: favorites were too.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. My, my heart was with Phil. I wanted him to make the historic win, which he ended up doing, which is awesome. And we'll get into all that. But as far as the Brooks thing, like he came out, it was off to the races and like, he just, he did not get it going all day long. Like he played the par fives in the front over par. Like it's just, it wasn't Brooks. It was like, he, he did not show up on Sunday, and it, and yeah, I yeah, the,
1: the I hole. I think it's it's easy to say or see that when people are just looking at the scores from the holes or looking at the the the, the scorecard because I think if you were well, no if you're watching and it, I, uh, go ahead. I, the the biggest thing here is that like when it came down to it, Brooks was hitting solid golf shots. Like he was putting himself in positions. He just struggled so hard on the greens. And that was a, that was a theme for a lot of guys on the course, Rory Spieth, like Louie, Louis leads the, 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 the tour in putting right now. I'm not sure if you knew that he leads the tour in putting right now. And he couldn't make a fucking putt from within five feet today. He, he made two out of 10 putts within six feet in between like the last two rounds. Like, he
0: plays a very limited schedule.
1: I, I mean, he, I, he's I, played quite a bit this season. Regardless, I wouldn't
0: say he's the best putter on tour. I know the stats say it. But regardless, uh, Brooks made some really dumb mental errors on the front line. He made some dumb club uh, or shot choices on the par fives on the front. Like, he just, it didn't, it seemed like he was just, like, rattled. I don't know if it was, like, the crowd was so behind Phil, and he's not, like, used to, like, having someone so... No, that's not uh, it. I, I don't know. but I, Because I just, he...
1: The crowd was for Tiger at Bell Reve, and he shut the door on Tiger. You know, a completely similar situation to this. I mean, the the thing that people are kind of But at, at,
0: at fucking the PGA at uh, Bethpage on the back nine, the crowd started turning on him against DJ and was rooting for just any bit of action... And then he kind of seemed like he got flustered.
1: And yeah, and people playing and the, badly. And the take that people have been trotting out is that ever since that point, he hasn't been the killer that he used to be. And I, I think people put a little bit too much weight in that. I think Brooks just played solid golf like up into that point, and nobody took it from him or gave him a chance or run against him. And like, look, well, the thing is, isn't going to.
0: The thing is he he was putting like shit all week. So like yeah, you can say he was putting like shit on Sunday, but the other days he 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 did what it had to do to get in the position, get him in the position he needed to. And I think he just made some dumb mental errors and club decisions and stuff that just is unbrooks like. Like it just it, it seemed weird. Like I it, he just did not play how I was expecting at all. And maybe it was all just meant to be like, this was Phil's fucking time to shine and potentially his last hurrah. But uh,
1: like, yeah. I I think you're only focusing on Brooks though, as if like he's the only one who played poorly on Sunday. And I don't even know if I'd say played poorly. Like he was in the hardest conditions out of anyone on the course because he's in the final group when the wind was picking up. Like out of the last seven groups around the field, only two people broke par and that's, Fourteen players that were playing the best over over the entire week. Only two people broke par, and it was just one under. And it was from Ricky and Paul Casey. And then there were the later tee times, like, or the earlier tee times, however you want to look at it. Like, look, it's easy because Brooks in the final group. He was the only one who's showing up on the broadcast. And I mean, he was having to make the pressure putts out of like, the top.
0: The out of the top ten, Shane Lowry shot under par. Padraig went out earlier. Went out earlier. Par. But these are guys that. I mean they couldn't have gone up too much earlier because it's still he shot three under th- he shot three under and ended at two under, so he was one over. Dude, when Lowry went
1: into the clubhouse, they were still on the front nine.
0: I mean, you're talking about a couple hours different starting. Now,
1: with ha- the, the rounds today were like five and a half hours, especially because of seventeen. Which we'll get to because seventeen was a clusterfuck. Um but Look, regardless, I, I just there think...
0: were no low numbers out there, and you know Brooks Brooks started later in the in the tee times on Saturday too. Like I, I just don't put that much merit into
1: that whole. That's that's not a fair comparison because Saturday was the mildest conditions that we had the entire week, and they were from a different wind direction. Whereas well, then
0: either Friday or Saturday, he played in the afternoon. Like, I just.
1: It wasn't easy on yesterday. It wasn't. It wasn't easy on Sunday, and it was much harder for the groups that were out later. And at the end of the day, he was in the sun. He was in the final pairing on a Sunday with the entirety of the weight of him trying to get this thing done with a fucked up knee. Like, shit happens, man. Like seventy-two holes will catch up with a guy with a fucked up knee.
0: Listen, I I, I know that, and and like I know it sounds like I'm going hard on on uh, on Brooks, but this all stemmed from. Our fantasy group message and how people think points should be awarded. And I said that Brooks should just keep getting the same amount of points of, as the people who get top 10, which is how it is. He get, second gets the same amount of points as 10th. And I said he doesn't deserve any more points than the other guys because he didn't play good today anyways. And I, I still stand by that. So.
1: Look, Brooks has a certain standard held to him with majors because he's earned the status of being the behemoth at majors for this generation, and I think that's what made today so interesting too. Is that we're having this cross generational battle that has just kind of been catnipped the last few years. I mean, we've had Tiger battling the younger generation, now Phil battling the younger generation, and they both got the upper hand this time. You know, both their times around when they had the opportunity to seize it. So, which is you know, sick. Which is really sick. I mean, this is the yeah. coolest thing about golf, right? Is that you have these guys that that were on tour before some of these guys were even born. Um, you know, rallying off one. I mean, the large we're 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 looking at the largest disparity in age from successive winners of the PGA with Colin Morikawa being 23 and Phil being 50 since 1867 and 1868 Open champions between Old Tom Morris and his son. <laughs> like that's how crazy historic this win was for Phil and how crazy it was that Colin Morikawa came out so young and so early in one one two. one 2 like Dude, how about, we're spoiled with storylines right now
0: how about Phil's just like whole like vibe after the or I guess during the tournament apparently too with like media and stuff but like he's got like a new head on his shoulders it seems like, he seems like, like
1: way more like just mellow and like zen and just yeah. like super subdued he's just not as like same rye like cheeky self it's like, like he took like, when like he's a, out there like
0: a peyote trip to the desert and it's like found his like inner chi or like like you said zen place like
1: yeah he was talking about it like in his espn follow-up interview about how like he tries he's trying to change his mentality kind of a little bit more like meditation he's like but i don't want to get too into the spiritual stuff right now like yeah but you can tell like it's become a bigger part of his regimen like his health and fitness orientation like his new kind of mental approach of things like he still has that seems like it seems like
0: the like two two three years ago he's like made a big effort into like getting healthy and like making sure like what he puts into his body is like only helping him and like getting strong and fit and him saying like he's like i feel like i can you know hit it far enough like i feel like all i can execute all the shots i need to execute but like the focus the mental focus for 18 holes like me just being able to focus is what's holding me back and he said something i don't know if it was on what it was on but that he he's been practicing and playing like 36 or like 40 40 holes like you know, as many holes as he can, just so like he gets those reps in. So like playing yeah, 18 as holes, he can, and he can lock in for 18 holes for sure. And yeah, he I, talked I about mean, how
1: mental but, focus was a big thing for him. Is that like staying sharp, staying locked in. I think it takes majors for him to have the stakes to want to still kind of plot away at it. Cause I can't imagine being on tour for as long as he has being 50 years old and kind of feeling irrelevant most weeks and like being able to stay in it. Like,
0: I mean, it, yeah, it completely makes sense. Like he's, been doing it for so long and you know you get into such like a rhythm like week to week like as a as a professional golfer especially someone like phil mickelson like where you have all these exemptions and you know you can go to the tournament next week and the week after that and most likely make the cut and you've been doing that for fucking almost 30 years or over 30 years or whatever it may be and i mean Yeah, you can easily see how you can get complacent and
1: just kind of be in autopilot, you know? Yeah, I mean it's been a huge testament to his work and his effort and how much you know time he's put into making himself this fit health kind of conscientious person with his lifestyle to be able to do this sort of thing and that's that's all across sports right now i mean if you look at what lebron did last year with braided you know this year what federer has done being the second oldest grand slam winner in tennis serena being the oldest female winner in grand slam uh in tennis and you, you there's just this is this is a new age in sports that you're starting to see these people that have this veteran kind of long-term history in their sports that have this craftsmanship. They're just getting creative. They're doing things longer. They're taking their health seriously and they're still being, you know, huge presences in their, their respective sports. And to me, I think it makes great theater and I I'm really looking forward to golf continuing down this direction of having these older guys kind of pushing forward and as these golfers continue to age we're i think we're going to see them compete for a long long time i mean these guys that are coming in to fill in tiger's age span too you know seeing how long dj does this for seeing how long you know stenson hangs around for to seeing if these guys keep kind of finding their way back into things
0: yeah i mean and, and, and yeah it, it's wild like you couldn't really ask for like a, a cooler final pairing for this major like it was oh, phil mickelson and incredible. brooks the guy who's been the go-to fucking major winner for, you know, that, that, that crop of golfers, you know, like he's been the standout guy at majors and then you have Phil Mickelson, a legend in the fucking game, a legend for the sport, you know, five time major champion now six
1: and, you know, Yeah, I mean, Brooks had an opportunity to join Phil and his major count on that win. And then Phil had a chance to join Faldo and Trevino. Like, there was just so much huge weight to those wins that, like, it's almost a shame that we had to only one guy could win it this week. And we didn't have, like, Phil win this week and then Brooks wins next week kind of thing. Like, it's, or not next week, but, you know, at the U.S. Mm -hmm. Open in the sense that, like, it just felt like both of these guys, like they, they caught each other on a rough week. And it, this happens to Phil all the time. Like he had that, the duel in the sun with Stenson at the open. Like when they both just blew out the field by like nine strokes. It's like, yeah, Bill always seems to be matching himself up to these Goliaths in golf. And, you know, most of the time he's coming out on top, which is just, which is incredible.
0: I definitely want to see Brooks get another one soon. Like I want to see that narrative keep going. Like the guy who, mostly wins majors like the if he regular had won this tournament he would've, it
1: would have gone back to over 50 percent of them are major
0: yeah wins. like the guy who wins majors like regular tour events like you know it is what it is but majors he just shows up whether he has a fucking bum knee or whatever it may be he somehow wills his way into fucking making it into contention on sunday and and as much as i wanted phil to win this tournament like I think that's another reason why I've been going so hard on Brooks. Like I w- want badly for him to be that guy like that. Like I want someone from like this crop of guys, this generation to be up there with like fucking Arnie and fucking Gary player. And like those guys with major numbers, like the, I, cause I feel like the talent is there if not better than those guys so i, I think that's to be-
1: i think that's the hard part right is that the yeah. depth is so much deeper now in the sense that like it's harder for someone to separate themselves like an arnie or a jack or a gary or a, a sneed or a sarazen or a, a hogan yeah. did because brooks has to contend against dj and rory and spieth and jt and rom and all these people that want to knock off majors at the same time as him and you know it's hard to compare compare eras but at least it feels like we have some pure one-to-one comparisons of like Phil and Tiger now in the last two years have knocked off majors against this young crop. Like it kind of speaks to the talent and the depth of their time too, that they were losing to other people during their heydays.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it was Brooks both times. Like the guy who is, well, I mean, there was
1: seven people that were close to There was like four people at T second against Tiger at the masters. There was Xander DJ, Jason day Brooks, you know, there was people lingering around. There was a lot of people that he was funding off at that event. Yeah, but, but Brooks, it's Brooks it's got cool him that at
0: Reef too. So,
1: yeah, he did. He, he he. That was an underrated. You know, even if that wasn't Tiger, just the, the the back and forth there too. I mean, these were two Brooks just tends to bring drama in terms of it going back and forth. I mean, back to the front nine on Sunday. I mean, we're talking about the start was being was filled up by one. -7 minus -6 minus after the first hole it was a two shot swing -6 to -7 and then it swung back three strokes -7 minus -5 minus yeah and after tri- it, it
0: brooks doubled fucking number 2 right
1: yeah and yeah. then god and then and that's the third 5 hole. too and then the the third hole phil bogies and it's -6 minus -5 minus and then phil birdies with his his chip in on 5 or for the bunker, his whole out Yeah, shot, minus which, seven, which, which was the huge when that, momentum. When that happened, yeah,
0: huge momentum change. And then you're just kind of like thinking to yourself like,
1: shit, dude.
0: Like, it might just be Phil's day. Like, and, and, but so and th- like this was the, the roller coaster th-
1: ride. This was a roller coaster ride of the broadcast, though, because that following hole, you're like, all right, Phil's got all this momentum, he's got a two shot lead, and then he bogeys, and then fucking Brooks birdies, and it's back to minus six, minus six. Yeah, I mean, like it's just crazy. And the next hole, next hole, another bogey, and then birdie, and then went minus seven, minus five. It was just an insane roller coaster ride. Of there was never a pushed hole. Every there was always action on every single hole. Like it was just, it was nuts, man. It was such a crazy, crazy Sunday.
0: Yeah, it, it was.
1: It was. It was great. Like it was a good Sunday for sure. I mean, and you had you had other guys lingering too. Like we we had Louie lingering around, like him doing his weird dude, shit all throughout the day.
0: Streelman, yeah,
1: Strylman there was, there at was the a beginning moments... of his round,
0: he started birdie birdie, and when Streelman put himself in contention, I was like, "Do not let this happen. Do not let Streelman come There's out of chance. fucking left field." and win this fucking tournament like like there's that so many guys that fucking i would have who stays over him i would have, i would have had so many guys over
1: over strulman winning that event like we uh, talked about it on the pre-pod about how it's such a good venue that it's going to be the time we get a bad not a bad winner but a winner and that i isn't said like
0: i said randomly cameron trangali who had himself into contention at after the f- first day for sure and then on Friday he made a fucking ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, he I don't just, know if you can use the word con- contention. <laughs>
0: well, he was like, can you contend you know, on up, Thursday? Up on the top of the
1: leaderboard, <laughs> he, he was
0: up on the top of the leaderboard on Thursday, which was yeah. just funny to see. Consider that was the name I threw out there.
1: Yeah, but yeah. It it it's uh you know, that's that's part of the visceral nature of Kiowa, though, is that like. Anything can happen when you have those early holes that if you're out in front of leaders, it looks like you could take it from them. Like, yeah. if you look at Gary Woodland, Gary Woodland was up at the top of the leaderboard Dude, the first, like, five holes of the tournament, and they the come bed. back and just start in the bed, and we had to go back into the wind. It's because like of it,
0: his awful, awful shirt choices. Like, he just looks like absolute shit out there most <laughs> of the time with his shirt choices. They're just so fucking obnoxious.
1: There, There is a strong chance... Like, on Saturday, when I was looking at the leaderboard, I'm like, dude, Hideki might win again. Like, oh, Hideki there, was... Yeah. Like, he was striking it. Like, he was actually kind of rolling the rock a little bit, too. Which, when you see that happen, you're like, oh, shit. When no one can put these greens, and I see Hideki draining some long ones, like, he might slam it this year. Like, there was a real thought in my head on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I mean, there there was definitely a little
1: while there, especially with Us and people where... Well, I mean, the crazy thing is Phil was on a tear. Like, the biggest day for Phil was Saturday. In the morning, he had a flawless front nine. He buried, like, six or seven times. And he went in, and he fucking had a disaster on 13, which was another supremely entertaining hole, where he first Louie pumped it out. And, like, this is – we're going to get into the drop situation, but, like, Louis pumped it way out and then Phil's like, it for sure crossed. Don't worry. It crossed the red line, like, you're fine, you're good, you're golden. Super classy move from Phil, which you just don't <laughs> see too much. And then Phil pumps it, granted, a little bit further right, but like Louis doesn't say a fucking word. And then Phil's like, I don't I don't know. And he kind of sits on it for a little bit and then he re-tees and he hits again. He pipes one, he's like right down the middle of the fairway. And then, you know, Louis, after he goes up there, just takes the most cavalier, like, kind of ridiculous drop I've ever seen. Firstly, golf is a sport of kind of integrity, honor, kind of best interpretation of what took place. And he just so happened to choose the exact point in the fairway where it crossed the – or the exact point in the the hazard where it crossed a line where if you took a direct line into the fairway, there was a water grate or a sewer grate. So he took his two-club relief and then put the water grate in his stance, took relief from that grate, and found himself – a full eight yards away from the hazard, 10 yards away from the hazard to be able to drop into the fairway. And that was a constant theme for Louis throughout the entire like weekend. He was constantly taking kind of like these cavalier drops or like trying to get the most out of these drops. Like he was really kind of being snaky with uh, his kind of adherence to the rules. I mean, he tried to take embedded ball relief when he was plugged in the grassy lip of a bunker when everything is sand based out there. And they were, they weren't giving embedded ball relief to anyone out there that week. So I'm a guy who likes Louie, but it was a tough week watching Louie kind of do some questionable things up and down the course. My audio good. Yep. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely some suspect shit going on with Louie. Especially that, that shot in particular. Um, He definitely had a couple other things, but uh, one thing I, I don't really know what I want to touch on with that. I, I mean, I think you kind of broke it down pretty good. But one thing I do want to say about Louie is that he's kind of like Brooks, man. He just shows up for majors. He doesn't have the wins. But, like, it's just fucking weird. Like, why don't I bet on Louie for top tens and majors? I don't get it. Like I should be betting on Louis to fucking get a top ten or top twenty at least. I mean,
1: it was de- it was definitely kind of a um, an oversight not to really take the South Africans into consideration when Kia was such a close replica of the kind of courses that they grew up playing in South Africa. You know, sand based links like, but not exactly links. Oceanside yeah. for guys like Brandon Grace and and th- these guys are very much familiar with these tracks. I just think in my head Louis always just strikes me as kind of like the older guy and i just equated the older guy with not kind of having the length or power to get around this course but you know he plowed his way around and did just fine you know, and Potty he does Carrington it at, like us opens
0: great. too like he like long us opens where you have to hit fairways like he still he
1: he still ends up doing it i don't he just if he did not put so shitty man he would have he probably would have won this week <laughs> It, it's, yeah, it's I crazy mean, I, I mean the, that was the, that was the a greens night with a lot
0: of people yeah rom too who fucking backdoored into a top eight when let's not after talk about a... rom
1: he was a disgrace this week an absolute disgrace everything about his performance and the way he carried himself in the course of the day was not a good look
0: like i was saying he backdoored himself into a top eight and if his putter was going he could have been really up in the mix no doubt
1: yeah, back to his way in there. Got the easier conditions for the day. Was breaking microphones, just being bitchy. Like, talking about how he didn't want to do the interview when he agreed to do the interview. Like, just just poor form from Rom this week. And I like Rom off the course a lot. I like him on the course, but the... He, he's someone who has already solidified himself as very articulate, very thoughtful, very understanding, and the words he spoke about to Phil like about Phil with his win coming up and hoping for him to get the win with how close he was at Arizona State with his brother being the coach from at the time or whatever the the relationship was like I like Ram a lot, but just this week was just a tough look, tough look he's just a
0: competitive guy and wants to get a damn major, and he was pissed off about how he was fucking playing that's really what it comes down to, and I'm not saying that fucking. Makes it okay with how he was acting. Like, you by no means should be breaking microfo- microphones.
1: Like, I don't think that's okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yep, another solid, you know, top 10 performance creeping back up toward that number one position in the world, possibly Dave. He's still third, but he's creeping up in the points with DJ and JT both missing the cut. So, you know, yeah, you know, a lot of JT, a, of a guy big who you. Your boys. JT, a guy you thought was going to do really
0: well at this tournament.
1: Yeah. I mean, JT continues to kind of disappoint at majors, which Mm -hmm. everyone continues to cut him a ton of slack and pick him for certain things and and think that it's going to be a good go of it. And you know what? And just didn't, didn't show up. I mean, this course bucked a lot of people, man, like DJ JT, Shoffley, the the leader in strokes gained up into this tournament, missed the cut granted on the number, but all, all three of them on the number. But,
0: yeah, I mean, Chaffey's had a very weird year, man.
1: Yeah, up until yeah, he, this point. He, yeah, it it has been an interesting one. Like he's he's performed in like very like, like middling fields. Like he he's gotten his hay and his like his strokes gained during fields that like felt like they weren't super super strong.
0: I feel like Chaffey hasn't been the same Shoffley ever since that weird, uh, Kapalua. Like playoff with him,
1: Reed and Justin Thomas. He he crushed the majors that year, so I wouldn't really, I wouldn't use that too much as a barometer, But I get why that's that's like where your head just goes.
0: like what where what I've like that point like after that. Like yeah, he's performed a f- few times since then, but like I feel like after that, it's just been kind of like a weird, but.
1: I don't know. I I get how it stands out. And it, it was just it was just another example of like a time where he like he didn't like close or whatever, but like look, he he still like he he, he still had like one time. I mean since dude, then.
0: I, you've said it like he was the top stroke strokes gain guy going going into the tournament. Like he's a baller. Like we know this. It's just I don't know, something's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, I and it seems like that. it's
0: something mentally like obviously his game is not the
1: issue it's like it, a... it's, it's the same thing as brooks though we have a very high standard for what we think shoffley should be doing because of how good he is because like we're already forgetting the fact that he got T third of the masters this year like <laughs> he he performs well it was just we were expecting big things out of him this week i literally forgot he taught t third at the masters exactly because like for me like i expect sander to win like i think he can and he should i mean i think that's
0: just a testament to like if you're not first you you're last kind of thing
1: yeah which i think we got to do our best to kind of like not maintain it well i mean it's a big thing for sure and like the only people that like remember like runners-up are people that like are using it as like a tiebreaker in an argument like yeah so it's it's definitely probably overweighted, but at the end of the day, like closing is a big deal. And but if it if it was Ricky it, for that sort of thing. If and, it wasn't
0: and, that way, like Charles Howell the would be like the guy everyone's talking about, you know? Like it's just it it's like you get a big name and you become a fucking like a, a prominent name in the game by winning tournaments and, and and fucking put shutting the door on people,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think like being able to close is a big deal. And some people are awarded a lot more weight and performance expectations when they are closers like Brooks. I mean, like we can still kind of talk on Brooks because I think there's a lot of things that like people kind of undersell how crazy his performances and what he did for golf that like three and a half, four year stretch between 2017 and, and 2019 Oh man, you you don't have to
0: tell me. Uh, Brooks is like I've said; he's in my wolf pack. I'm a I'm a big fan of Brooks. Like, yeah, he's had some off course antics, and you know, doesn't necessarily say the right things to
1: certain people. I'm speaking purely about performance right now, in the sense that like people need to respect the fact that like Brooks, and I think a lot of the reason he doesn't get as much credit is he didn't win the glamorous like like majors you know like he doesn't have a master's which i think people overly weight the significance of and like people just like master winners are like in a different pedigree and like he doesn't have an open which is a huge thing for most people around the world that like aren't the u.s based and it's the oldest one and then like grant he has two u.s opens at two great i mean chinnecock for sure and then aaron hills i thought was still a cool test and had a good leaderboard and then he has two PJs, which people, like, don't really love all that much in terms of, like, the weight of them. People kind of rank it as, like, the fourth important major. Um, but the I big mean, thing the books
0: That that one at Bethpage could, could pretty much be a U.S. Open.
1: Like, it was
0: set up exactly how a U.S. Open would be set up. Bethpage, I'm pretty sure, has had U.S. Opens
1: before. I'm sure it was set up the exact same way. Um, yeah, like... but... The, the the thing I'm trying to get to though with this is that like all of Brooks's major wins were were at different courses versus if you were looking at Tiger's first five majors they're at four different courses and he had two Masters Jack's first five majors was at three different courses two you know two of his wins or three of his wins at the Masters you know Phil out of his first five majors three of them were at different venues the Masters Arnie same thing like. The Masters is like this easy kind of cakewalk for these guys to rack up majors and e- easy cakewalk is a bit of an overstatement. But like, it's, there's something to be said about that limited field and that course they're going back to. Like Brooks is doing it at different courses. His game is traveling. His major performances is traveling. And if you want a keyword day, it'd be five majors, five different courses. No one would have done that. Like, it's just, I mean, it's dude, crazy. Brooks could have been like, I still think he's, he's in the history
0: books, obviously, but like if he would have won at pebble which he got fucking second place like he Dude, yeah three in a row he had a chance the crazy thing is he had a chance to do three in a row PGA championships three in a row P- or US Opens like yeah i mean that that in itself is like it it doesn't get talked about enough like it, it's crazy what he could have potentially done and the fact that he did both of them back-to-back in general is crazy like he has both of them back-to-back
1: dude yeah listen to this out of of brooks's starts he has he has 28 events 25 cuts made 20 top twenty 14 top 10s 11 top fives three runner-ups and four wins and those are all separate like that's insane That's fucking wild. Like he's by far the greatest major performer, and everyone already knew that with this generation. Like it's it's Tiger statistics, damn near Tiger statistics, in a deeper field, and like he just has to like he just has to keep it up. He has to just keep putting himself in these you know these positions, and he'll keep rattling them off like. What I, did I, I, what did I say? Did I say he was gonna you, you, double you digits? Was, yeah, yeah, you're gonna say he was getting the double digits. I still don't think that's gonna happen, but he's he's gonna get more.
0: Yeah, I think he could do it. I mean, he's 31. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I look, he's already dealing with injuries, man. I said yeah, his swing
1: wasn't sustainable.
0: Yep, yeah, he. It's all good. We got fucking technology for days. We we're in the generation of men who make. Things happen
1: <laughs> i mean if if he can take the fill route and try to uh try to do it and and make it last for a long time but yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting to see where his game continues to go and if it travels for a, a further length of time because it's just going to keep getting harder and harder for him but um couple couple honorable mentions from the week uh ben cook the low pj uh professional like made the cut was actually in a great position after Saturday. He shot a 69 Saturday. I think he started uh Sunday, even par, which was like, I think like T like 18th or something like that. Like just crazy performance out of someone who doesn't play like on a tour of any kind. It's just an instructor. Like that's just, that's just wild. Um, it's crazy to see that like, if some of these guys that are just out there like teaching people, like have a hot week, like they can, getting to the top fifty finishing in a major championship like at a brutally difficult course. Like that's just wild. Like kudos to him. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, you don't really expect to see PGA professionals up that far on the leaderboard come Sunday for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean he started off his day, you know, potentially on Sunday, like getting like a top ten, top five. Like he was he was there. He was right there. Like there was people further back. Your boy Shane Lowry started further back than him on Sunday. So like God damn. But uh other honorable mention or dishonorable mention, Eric Van Rooyen just absolutely losing his shit on seventeen, breaking the T marker, nearly taking someone's eye out with his club head and the T marker, f- the fellow caddy. Just fucking losing it. L- losing it. Yeah. Shit.
0: I mean I'm sure t- it felt
1: good. I'm sure it felt good as
0: soon as he hit it and then it, the Second after that, he the embarrassment
1: hits of what he just did, and yeah, like no man, he seemed to be settled with it as he was walking off. He, it just it seemed very lack of self awareness a little bit, but I, don't I know. mean, I think it transitioned. I, I think it transitions perfectly though into seventeen, which it was it was the whole of the week, man. Like it's diabolical. 17th at Kiowa is what Sawgrass wishes their 17th hole was. It just, it's so. It, like, you can't take your eyes off of it when you watch it, man. It's crazy. It's just unreal. Like,. The amount of different ways that people play that hole and like they bail out left, but then like the water is still in play. And with it being a yellow line, they have to go and do from one of the different drop zones like that. There's people that blow it left like into the gallery hit over on the green and into the water then have to go back across the pond pitch it back over the, the pond from the drop zone, 135 yards, which is essentially another par three with a crazy win, a crosswind this time. Like, you were seeing triples and quadruples and quintuples and, like, tens all the fucking time. It was crazy. Like, just popcorn, popcorn viewing at that hole.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, the, the final stretch at Kiwa is just a tough test, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, the test. only downside of 17 is that it just, it creates such slow play, but you can't have it all. Like, at a certain At least it's, like, at the end, you know? Like, I don't know. And people are getting ice going up to that tee box. So, like, they're already, like... I haven't swung in, like, 15 to 20 minutes because we've been sitting here for so long. There was three groups on the tee box at that time.
0: I know this is random, but how about Phil, like... Chomping on bubble gum or whatever the fuck that was on the final few holes, like he had what looked like the biggest fucking like chew sure it in his, his cheek. Was his
1: Zen CBD oil infused I don't, in gum or something, dude? Like that.
0: I don't know, but it was massive. He looked like a fucking like elementary school kid that's chewing on the big league chew, like the
1: entire pack <laughs> in his fucking cheek.
0: It was fucking hilarious.
1: Typical in true Phil fashion. On seventeen, Phil changed his putting grip. <laughs> just randomly, just uh, just one hole, one green, new putting grip. Oh god! The, I, the crazy thing was he Phil hit it too, over the green. I
0: I was like, okay, he has this. I was like, but Phil, he went to the
1: long grass. He went oh, to the long grass. He could.
0: I know he did. I know he did. I was like, he's not. He's gonna. He's gonna do it. Like it's Phil. If you trust anyone, short game there. I mean, he like it was just his week man like
1: dude i i felt the complete opposite as long as he he didn't
0: go in the water off the tee i was like okay we're good like he's not gonna phil is not gonna blade it into the water i had the utmost confidence
1: that that was not gonna happen so look i think the thing that made sunday's viewing so engaging is that with phil you can't rule out anything any blow up was at any corner. Like the only time where I felt like he was safe is when he got to 18 because they had the grandstand so fucking close that you could just do whatever the fuck you wanted to hit it as far left as you want with no penalty. Like once he got to 18, I'm like, all right, he's good. He's got a two shot cushion. And then I was like, I thought about it for a little bit longer. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, Brooks could birdie this and Phil could bogey. And we're in a playoff. Like this shit isn't over either. So like there really wasn't a moment until, until they're on the green until, phil hit that great nine iron into the in the green on 18 uh on the 72nd hold that i thought this thing was all right he's got it and that that crowd afterward that, that swarming them was it was just it was the the tour championship all over again with tiger and rory like it was just it was sick it was mania I, I
0: think it was sick
1: yeah i i thought it was really cool too i mean uh i mean the
0: people taking it into their own hands like fuck this fucking rope we're collapsing this bitch and we're fucking bringing it in for this historic moment like it's sick and, and i know
1: brooks got like
0: said people were like going after
1: his knee and
0: stuff it, it, i'm like dude it
1: it could have been done better but it was still like a cool visceral moment and and it golfing. made for some
0: fucking good tv man like it would it made the moment that much better like for everyone viewing at home like that whole thing and i'm sure for the fucking fans there like being a part of that being able to rush the 18th green and behind the oldest major championship or the oldest major champion to this day a legend of the game like it 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 was just a a, just a chef's kiss on on the
1: round there like it was for sure for sure yeah um you know for me, I mean, like, closing thoughts on, like, this tournament and, like, this year so far. I mean, it's been the year of the comeback, man. Like, just for golf in general. I mean, Jordan Spieth getting his win and coming back. Lydia Ko, Hideki coming back, getting his first major and a win in a long-ass time. Ariadja Kanegarn, you know, Brooke Henderson, Rory's getting a win in a long time and now Phil with his major. And rookie being in the top ten, like, we're seeing Dude, people kind we, of claw just back. Can
0: we take, take a second to talk about Rick's week, like – Dude, first off, new shades, not entirely stoked about the the shades he's going with. I know that's like, why are you bringing up like the shades? Just, I don't know. It was
1: weird seeing him with like, he, it he was like, you, like Joel Damon out there with the Or like Charles Schwartzel or something like that. And they were like paired that. up together for, for one of the rounds, him and Damon. They're looking like goddamn but, twins out there.
0: But he he got a special exemption for this week. He shouldn't have really even been in the field, and he showed up, and it it was just good to see him in the mix. Like, what really, really sucks is that putt on 18 cost him the Masters for next year, and he almost went in. He hit it with a little bit too much pace, and it just lipped out. It caught the back of the cup and flew out, and
1: mm, just brutal. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't be as. I wouldn't be like that concerned about the Masters for next year. I'm just more concerned about him qualifying for the U.S. Open this year. That's yeah. that's the one that feels less likely. I think if his if his putter stays on point for the rest of this year, I, I, he'll he'll qualify himself back into the Masters again. Because um, I mean, his putter being cold was the big thing. It seemed like he's got confidence again, and Kia is not a place that you can fake it around. So, look, I I, I think hopefully this is a good sign for Ricky to come uh I'm, I'm surprised that he took like two weeks off before this event and now he's taking another week off uh, I, like i just he didn't qualify for the masters he didn't play a bunch of events going into it and now he's not qualified for the u.s open he's not playing a bunch of events going up into it because we only have three events before the the u.s open maybe even just two like so the fact that he's just not playing is just i just don't get it I, I i don't get it ricky doesn't really play good in california the next event's colonial in texas
0: no i know i'm talking about us open at
1: torrey pines but i mean still you want to be there you want to be playing in it
0: yeah no doubt i i agree i just think that that's not like the major venue for him but uh yeah i mean i i agree i think he should be playing for sure um i thought he should be playing the alternate
1: field event during the wgc so yeah I mean, Ricky's just got to figure out what he what he's doing because it do, it just doesn't. I think his schedule doesn't make sense. What he's doing, I think he's in an co- uncomfortable place. He's not used to not being qualified in the events that he wants to cherry pick and play, and it, I think it's kind of thrown him off. But look, hey, kind he's of a, at a net positive for your fantasy team now. So yeah, thankfully because majors are weighted double, he's now positive one point. Um, but big big week for for my team. No one missed the cut. Um, the boy Carlos Ortiz stuck it stuck in there. He probably would have been in the fucking top ten, but the seventeen ate his fucking lunch, dude. Every day seventeen ate his lunch. He got a, he had a triple on that hole. He quadrupled it. Like he just that fucking hole ate him alive, man. Fucking crazy. But uh, you know he's got one more week at Colonial. We'll see if he he performs, and then maybe we'll have to reevaluate. But him making the cut this week was big. All my guys making it, and then. You know, Ricky showing up, Scotty Chef showing up, um, you know, Jordan not quite showing up on Sunday. And I don't want to spend too much of the segment Harper on Speeth, but he just couldn't get any putts to drop. It was striking the fuck I mean, out of the ball. Dude,
0: he was, yeah, he was hitting his fucking golf ball around that course for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw Speeth just putt like that.
1: It was, I mean, all the time last year <laughs> or I mean, the year yeah, before. Like it, it his putter, it, it's just streaky these days, man. Like it goes on like a couple months stretches, or like a month stretch, and then it gets cold, and then I don't know. Especially, I mean, he also could distances. have been one of
0: those guys where those those greens just did not work for him.
1: Like, bro, I don't know what know. It is about past Pollen, man. But it, uh, people just couldn't seem to figure out those fucking greens. And, and it's I'm sure like you either, had a big it, effect, you either but you you either knew how, how to do either. it, you either knew how to do it, or you didn't. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, I didn't seem like there was very many people that was draining long ones. I mean, Justin Rose on Sunday definitely was draining some long ones, but I didn't see too many other people drain them. But that was also probably the broadcast not showing much golf. But I'm this week gets me so hyped, but at the same time, I'm just kind of bummed that the next one is going to Tory. I mean, I have a quote from Project Harrington that's like, It would be a miss of me. I know this is off track. I can't tell you how good of a setup it was this week. I have to say this was probably the best major setup I've ever seen. That's from Padraig Harrington, who's been playing for a long-ass time. It may have been equaled in the past, but couldn't have been better. I know the golf course is fantastic, but they really set the course up there. There was opportunities to make bogeys and opportunities to make birdies. It really was that case. So I certainly, I'd love to play this style of golf every week. And I would be a bit more competitive than playing regular tour events it's hard it's a lot easier at these major venues like what a perfect encapsulation of what we want to be seeing out of major venues and what we want to be seeing out of the pga tour like this is exactly what golf wants to sell it's like older generations battling newer generations and it's that these real tests of golf that you see those people showing up these veterans of the game that use their experience to get ahead. And I can't imagine something more antithetical to that notion than what the PGA Tour sets up week in and week out. Like it's—it's like they actively don't want this cross-generational fight to happen with the, the the course they choose to go to week in and week out. Like it's just—it's just crazy to me. And I can well, almost guarantee they, you, Torrey Pines cho- is not gonna be anything like this. They chose
0: to battle technology
1: in a way that, like, it doesn't need to be battled in. Like to me, like I. I, I really just don't believe that they have the right intentions uh, when they're choosing these venues. They're choosing them, or not? They have the wrong things in mind when choosing these venues. They're choosing them either for sponsors, for key markets and demographics. They're choosing them for setting up, you know, grandstands and you know, seating, you know, infrastructure and and crowdsourcing. When like, look like Kiowa brought a high level of entertainment and engagement when the broadcast was pretty like subpar and like we could get this all the time week to week and you could have all these storylines with people like Phil battling people like Brooks or Morikawa or Victor Hovland or just this young versus old generation thing and they're actively choosing not to participate in that when it would be the easiest thing for them to sell in terms of storylines and content.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think I would love to have tournaments
1: like that week in week out like it would be awesome
0: it doesn't but. have to be as
1: hard as Kiowa either I'm sure the pros are exhausted after this week but you know the big thing being just like there's just so much more interesting golf out there and bigger opportunities but alas the US Open and Phil's chance at a Grand Slam will be in his back, backyard in San Diego and uh it'll be interesting he's won tournaments there but for US Open conditions, there he's gonna have to drive it like he did this week, which who knows if that will <laughs> I'm happen. I'm interested again, to but... see,
0: I'm interested to see like what this whole new mental game he has going on
1: right now is. We'll get like... to find out. He's playing next week at the Colonial, a tight golf course with lots of trees. He's gonna have to drive it really well if he's gonna be driving it at all. And then he takes two yeah, weeks off the it, preparatory. It's hard to take like the week after. You win a major, like it didn't seem like he's gonna be doing that much partying though. He seemed very subdued.
0: Well, I'm not. <laughs> I, I am no way. I'm talking about partying. It's just the mental drain of like being sure. in contention at a major and win, like going and winning it. Like you, you're. It's gonna be hard to go and contend the next week. Like I, I don't know if anyone has won a tournament
1: after winning a major the next week. Oh, for sure. That's definitely happened. I mean, guarantee Tiger's done that.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it has. I, I, I,
1: Like I said, I don't know. It might have, it might not have.
0: I wouldn't be surprised I mean, if no one's done that.
1: I will put money on it the Tiger, Tiger specifically has done that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger,
0: Tiger would be the only person that has done that. I'm sure but, Jack's done it. I'm sure Gary Player's done it. I'm sure Arnie's done it. I'm sure done, it. I'm sure it done it. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're throwing it out like they're Jolly Ranchers or something. Like I think that, like, what? First off, you don't see people winning back to back tournaments very often. Second off, you don't see people winning after winning a major championship. Like, you generally, generally, they take the week off, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. You have, you have some, anything else you really want to talk about? Like it.
1: No, I think I covered just about everything that I was, uh that I was hoping to cover with this week. I, I think all together, you know, in summation, what a fantastic week for golf at large. And, you know, you really couldn't have come away with a better storyline and winner and, and battle and, and, and golf course. And, you know, I'm, it just gets me fired up for the golf to come and we have a lot of exciting storylines going into to Tory Pines with that probably not being that interesting of a golf course so you know watch for a US Open you know unless we get something like 2008 again i i see it kind of being a a snoozer so we're going to need the the play and the performances and the in the storylines of the the players I'm, to, to I'm both excited
0: for, it. for the latter part of the season with the British Open coming up and the Ryder Cup and stuff like it, It's gonna be a cool end of the season. Like we haven't had a Ryder Cup since 2018. Like it, I'm itching for a Ryder Cup, bro. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So that'll that'll be really cool. Um, I think Kiwa definitely goes down for me as one of my favorite majors that I've witnessed. During the time I've watched golf, um, I mean, it was sick, man. It was really sick. Hard to like, compete with it. The golf course was, you know, in my opinion, it was fucking phenomenal. Like it, the, some of the rough out there was weird, but like the wind was just great all week. Um, it, it just, it was a great venue for professional golfers and a true test to them. And I, I mean, I think. Pete Dye did a fucking great job creating a golf course that, you know, tests, tests the best golfers in the world. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think. And it it was, it was cool.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think, uh, for, for, for me, this definitely goes up there as, uh, uh, one of the greatest major wins of all time, and I, I think it's really hard to kind of argue against in the pantheon of wins, even though the game is so, so old. So, I mean, I'm glad Phil got to kind of rubber stamp his, uh, his name in the game, you know, along the, the greats. He's, he's jumped another level being up there with Faldo and Trevino. And I, I don't think he's going to be satisfied with six. I think he seems subdued after his interviews. Uh, he's trying to his, get to Arnie's his interviews, level, man. He's, he, but, he wants
0: one more to get up there with Arnie.
1: I think that'd I think be a that, great place I, for him.
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect place for him. Um, so and I think I, he could I, do it. He's he's got he's got one more masters in him. I think Phil I, has I, one more I, masters in him. One of these he'll, days, he'll, it might be at fifty five or fifty six. He's going to find magic
1: one week, and he's going to get himself a masters. That's what I. Think. He, he, I, th- I think for for Phil, he's one of those guys that will find a way to contend as much as he can. You know, at those venues where he where he can mix it up. I think being a lefty, the Masters will be great. You know, Tom Watson at fifty nine, almost winning the the Open at Turnberry. That was the one, the one, probably the biggest major that the one that got away. But you know, the, Phil's legacy just couldn't be solidified as three times less majors than Tiger. Like, that that was where he was at with having five majors and Tiger having 15. Like, so this at least gets him back to almost half as many majors. But just back to your thing about has anyone won after they won a major. Um, In 2007, Tiger went on a seven-win streak, seven consecutive events winning. The British Open, the Buick Open, the PGA Championship, WGC Bridgestone, Doge Bank Championship, WGC American Express, Buick Invitational, as well as – as a, a, a flurry of uh, like top tens and top fives and, and successive wins after that, but that was a streak of seven wins with two majors in there. So yeah, so dude. he did. People, do it. So, so he did do it by by he, he did it he did it twice in the same streak. So one guy did it. No, I just was looking up because I knew Tiger had done it. I'm sure other people have done it.
0: I just don't. I just don't know. But we'll see. I, it, I, I uh, yeah. I mean, Tiger is an anomaly. Um, yeah, I mean, he he has all the stats. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we could go into
1: many, many podcasts yeah. about Tiger and his stats. We don't need to go yeah. into that, but yeah. But look, this is Phil getting one step closer to that legacy, a guy who he's been measured up against for, you know, almost the entirety of his career. And, you know, a lot of people were comparing Tiger's better competitors, you know, as like Ernie or Vijay. And, and, and you know, th- that may be true in terms of the moment of who was competing head to head with him, but in terms of legacy and, and, their, and their, their, hit, their mark that they leave in history in golf, you know, Phil, Phil's that dude. Fills that dude.
0: Yeah, I mean they're two very different guys, but they both play their purpose in the sport, and you know it, it's great to see. It's just a great storyline. It's awesome to see it happen. Uh, I, I don't think there's really another sport where you're going to see a 50 year old guy win win something of this sub- substance, you know, unless Tom is I- out there at fucking 50 years old winning <laughs> Super Bowls, which who fucking knows I wouldn't fucking put it past him it might he might be on some fucking team at the age of fifty, who knows but uh yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy what he did it's it, it's awesome i mean even even like looking like they put up images of him winning his first beat P- it's it, like his face literally looks more healthy now than it did back then, like you know <laughs> he was like on a worse like he was eating tons of fucking food that wasn't necessarily the best for him and stuff like he he's he obviously cares a lot about like he wants to be out there he wants to be out there and competing and he wants to be out there and and win golf tournaments and it, sh- it just shows that he cares and i i, I think he's got a, at least a couple years left and look know, the,
1: the thing we get with phil that we don't get with anybody else is just the the immense amount of context the the amount of time that Phil has been in my life whenever I've been watching golf with dad or anyone growing up like Phil has always him and Tiger have been the two people in the most constant presence in terms of the sport that I watched growing up and like just having that in, that insane amount of just depth to fall back on of what you know about Phil is what makes this win so compelling and coming from a person who isn't a huge Phil guy like it's just it's crazy I mean right now Phil just to kind of tie a bow on this is the oldest major champion and the last person who won a PGA tour event as an amateur. So his, one of his greatest pinnacle achievements as a, as a young player in golf and the greatest achievement as an old player in golf, like chef. Yeah. he still hold. He
0: still holds it on both of them. Yes. Which is, which is crazy. Like Ty, like just, just bringing it back to tiger. I know they always both get compared, but like, that's just some that tiger doesn't have that and he does so that's that i mean that's cool for him like cuz tiger has a lot of things to hold over him and he, he turned pro really early <laughs> but yeah yeah what uh tiger did yeah yeah
1: i mean yeah that was his but, choice but yeah <laughs> look F- phil Phil has further heightened his his position in the pantheon of the sport. He continues to climb that ladder of you know legacy, and you know I think you can't rule him out for even it's climbing even higher. So it's it, five didn't feel like enough for him, and I'm glad he got this one. You know it it might be his last, and t- to be honest, you know I think the the, the money's on it probably it, it is being his last. But what a way to go! what a way to go yeah i mean
0: a course where it just is like the opposite of what his game is like like about like the course that sets up like not for phil just yeah and he's striping just splitting fairways i mean it it was just the craziest uh performance i've seen in a while and i'm stoked for them but yeah uh what what a tournament and uh for all you that ever are tuning in for this i appreciate you listening and we'll be back soon i'm not sure when but uh
1: after spieth wins colonial duh
0: yeah the golden boy winning colonial in Tejas, let's get it but yeah it's been real folks Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.